over the years, I would say like I've learned to try and switch up my mindset of like, okay, sure, like this might not work out, or you know, you might not like it or whatever. But it's like, what if you do? You know, what if、yeah. you what if you love it? What if you meet the best people? What if you have the greatest experiences? And and I'm super thankful because that's exactly what happened. So that's why nowadays, whenever I travel, I'm like I. I have no idea what I'm going into, but I'm super excited to like see all that comes of it. Hi, everybody! You are listening to the Solo Female Traveler podcast. Recent figures show that more women are traveling than ever before, and most of the women you hear on this podcast have turned their life around thanks to solo travel. I am Luca Menares, and in this podcast, I talk with amazing fellow solo female travelers to discuss personal growth, changing mindsets, and we share advice and strategies on how you can do the same. Hi Sam, thank you so much for being here. And today for this episode, we are going to be talking about outgrowing our friends after our travel experiences. So, Sam, can you please introduce yourself、uh, to our listeners and tell us a little bit about you and where you're from? Yeah, no problem. So, thank you so much for having me. I love podcasts and meeting new people, and I don't know, small world that we're both from Chicago. But my name's Sam. To introduce myself, I'm originally from Rhode Island. After I graduated college, I decided to move here to Chicago for a little while and kind of like experience new things and opportunities. And I felt like my hometown is like a very small. Suburban town and Rhode Island is just tiny in general, so I kind of thought like I needed a bigger city, and there would just be like a lot more things out here for me, like growth wise and motivation wise. So so far, it's been a lot of fun. Wow, that's amazing! So you are from a small town, a suburban area, and you just knew that you wanted to go to a different place or different places to go find different things.、Um, exactly. That's awesome! Welcome to Chicago. I'm in Chicago as well, so as you know. And Sam, what was your first experience with solo travel? So, okay, we're going back to 2020 now. So, I had got actually gone on a group trip to Guatemala right before the pandemic, and that was when everyone was kind of like, "Oh, like COVID. What is it? Is it really like this serious?" All of that stuff. I feel like we all remember that phase. And I had gone on that trip by myself, but with a group. So it was just kind of like my first introduction to like flying alone, going out of the country, all of that, all of that stuff. But I wouldn't really consider it completely solo. It was kind of like a little introduction <laughs> to solo travel,、um, which I would highly recommend if anyone's like, you know, worried about solo traveling or just being completely by themselves. It's like if you end up meeting up with a group or things like that,、um, wherever you go, that's always helpful. But after, you know, a couple months of the pandemic, obviously the lockdown, no traveling, everything like that. And that's kind of where I caught the travel bug from like not traveling. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh my God, I feel like everyone's felt like this, but stuck at home. You know, I was like,、mm-hmm. I need something. I need to go somewhere. And、um, what I was seeing just on like online, on TikTok, things like that, was all of the like national parks and places to travel. Like at the end of 2020, 
it was very easy to go there because there wasn't a lot of tourists. It was easy to take pictures. You weren't dealing with like huge groups of people. So I was like, oh, maybe this is like my sign to go. But I still didn't feel like completely ready to go by myself. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. at that point I was 20 and I was like, "Eh, maybe I could do something in the middle. So I decided to do a work exchange for a seasonal job in Colorado at the end of 2020. And that was my first experience. I could totally get into everything that had happened in Colorado and, and how fun my experience was. But but yeah, seasonal work was kind of my my first like real solo trip where I didn't know anybody and I was kind of just, you know, bored at home and, and figured well, what's the worst that could happen. Wow. Or what is the best that can happen too? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I've over the years, I would say like, I've learned to try and switch up my mindset of like, okay, sure, like this might not work out or you know, you might not like it or whatever. But it's like, what if you do, you know, what if you what if you love it? What if you meet the best people? What if you have the greatest experiences? And, And I'm super thankful, because that's exactly what happened. So that's why nowadays, whenever I travel, I'm like, I, I have no idea what I'm going into. But I'm super excited to like see all that comes of it. That is amazing. So, and also about your first trip to Guatemala. To me, I consider group trips to be to be solo trips as well because you are leaving your home alone, you're flying alone, and you're meeting with a group of strangers. Exactly. Um, so it, it is a solo travel experience, in my opinion. And then, so you were like the rest of us trying to figure out and trying <laughs> to do things during during 2020. So you went to Colorado. How long were you there for? So I was in Colorado from September to November. So around like two and a half months. Um, The friends that I had met there, we all ended our contract at the same time with the resort that we were working at. And we decided to road trip. And that's kind of where I brought back up to them about national parks and how they're like super dead right now. And and so we just road tripped around like that area and went to a couple different national parks before we, you know, everyone flew back home. But um, but yeah, so it was like a three month journey and then of the actual job. And then a little bit after that was just kind of like road tripping. Got it. So let me ask more about the work away. How was the application process? Could you choose the place you were applying to? And yeah. what were your responsibilities there? Or how many hours do you have to work? Yeah. So when I was first looking into all of this, I didn't realize that there's like a couple different like methods of going about work exchange, work away. You know, all of these words are like interchangeable. Workaway is an actual platform that you sign up for or an app, a website. Um, you sign up for it and you pay like a, a small annual fee and then you have access to all of these hosts all over the world. I had signed up for it, but that's not um, who I had gone through. There's also something called World Packers, which is very similar to Workaway, where it's more of like a work exchange. So you say like, do this company's social media, and then they give you a place to stay um, in exchange for that. What I was doing was through a website called coolworks.com. And on there is a ton of ski resorts, um, hotels, anything in like the hospitality, like industry, like camps and things like that. They have a ton of job opportunities and that's called seasonal work. So when the season gets high, for example, in Colorado, you know, it's ski season, getting into the winter and things like that. 
they offer room and board in exchange for working, but the company that I had worked for actually paid me as well. So it wasn't, you know, it was just a stipend just to kind of like get by and things like that. But we were given, it was kind of similar to a dorm room, a single dorm room. um, And you Mm -hmm. lived with all of the rest of your coworkers, which was actually a lot of fun. And then you get, you know, free food and in exchange, you're either assigned or you can, um, depending on the company, you can pick which area of the resort or wherever you're working. Um, You can pick where you want to work. I ended up working in the food hall. So I was serving, I was, you know, cleaning tables and things like that. The hours that I worked, I think I worked around like between like 30 and 35 hours um, a week. We would get up at like 6 a.m. because it's a resort. So, you know, every hotel's breakfast starts at like 7 a.m. So it was my job to get up and get everything ready for the guests. Um, So, yeah, so I would start work at 6 and end around like 2 or 3 p.m. And when you think about it, when you're working while you're trying to have fun it kind of seems like it's like oh 30 hours you know 30 hours a week kind of sounds like a lot even up to 40 hours a week but all of your coworkers are doing the exact same hours and because you're living together it's like when everyone gets out of work that's when the day starts you know what I mean so um so yeah it's a lot of fun but definitely a lot of work (laughs) of course (laughs) Of course, I'm going to make sure to share the link of the company that you did the exchange with. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be very helpful for our listeners. So, and then after that, you went to Colorado. So you were doing that, the work exchange there. And then what happened next? I know you also kept traveling with your ex-co-workers. So did you go back to Rhode Island or did you go somewhere else? So, yeah. So after I traveled with my coworkers, we all flew home and I went back to Rhode Island for a while. And um, my process of traveling at that point and kind of still is was like working and then travel, working and then travel, staying at home and saving on rent as much as I could and using that money towards travel. So that's kind of what I did um, to save up for my next solo trip. And how did it feel to to go back and I want to start getting into the part of our growing our friendships but first let me ask you how do you feel about um, after that experience of living and traveling in a different states and then going back home traveling again experiencing mm. different countries how did it feel to you to be back home after all that travel yeah so I was going to get into this before, but again it's it's kind of a long story. Um, when I had gone to Colorado and met my coworkers at that moment, that's when I knew I was outgrowing my friends from home, especially when I moved back home. I was like, oh my goodness, like I still love all of my friends from home, you know, of course, like we grew up together, and it's kind of like what we had in common at that point was just the fact that we had grown up together, you know it wasn't we don't really have the same interest. We're all kind of doing different things. But when I moved to Colorado, it was like, I was hanging out with a bunch of like clones of myself. You know what I mean? We were all like, just super impulsive and motivated. And, you know, didn't really want to like settle down yet. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was COVID. So everyone was kind of just like, you know, let's stay together and have a good time. And it was during those moments when I was like, wow, like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see like, or meet other people besides the friends that you grow up with. And that's when I knew that 
it was kind of time to like venture out and make new friends and kind of find the people that aligned more with where I saw my life going as opposed to my past life, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. 100%. (laughs) And um, I wanted to ask you that because of your age It's something that I mentioned before the interview is that if I remember who I was uh, when I was 20, 21, 22, it was for me was all about my friends. So Mm -hmm. I outgrew them when I immigrated. So anyways, I didn't see them, but I was just like, wow, I can't imagine going back and then seeing them and not yeah. having that problem. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to ask you, how did I take it when you were like, okay, I experienced this and this happened and this and that, and you started yeah. noticing that you weren't having many things in common with them. How do you think they took it? Yeah, so... That question is very like, um, I thought about that question a lot too, was like, when I was going back home, I just, I didn't know, I didn't know what to say to my friends because in my friend group, I've always been the one that's like, guys, like, let's go on this trip. Let's do this. Let's do this. And before I kind of like got comfortable with solo traveling, if none of my friends went, I wasn't going, you know what I mean? And so Mm. after this trip, it kind of brought like a lot of confidence out of me. It brought like I know it's super cliche, but I started like being comfortable with myself and being okay with just like doing things for myself and by myself. And all of my friends are super supportive, which I'm very, very lucky for. I still talk to all of them today, even like moving out to Chicago, you know, we're in contact, but it's like, as you get older, you just start to realize that you're not going to talk to some of your friends for, or your hometown friends, at least for you know, for months at a time, because everybody's kind of going in different directions and figuring life out. And it's like, you know, we'll share memories sometimes or we'll FaceTime to update each other. But there is no like daily texting anymore when you start moving around and and growing up. And especially traveling at 20 years old, I feel like I kind of sped up that process of like, outgrowing my friends and finding new friends and you know, being alone sometimes and feeling like I didn't have any friends. Like sometimes I felt like I couldn't relate to anybody. I kind of felt like not crazy, but just, I was like, is anybody else like as impulsive as me? Or am I like, you know, I started second guessing a lot of things. So I know there was like a long winded answer, but my friends are super supportive of like my impulsiveness and my traveling and just wanting to experience the world, but they don't necessarily align with that same, like with the same phase that I'm in right now. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay. But it's amazing that they are supportive and, and don't worry about being about uh, cliches here in this yeah. podcast. We're all about that. <laughs> don't worry. Be as cheesy as you want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and once you notice this, you start moving around what methods have you used to meet uh, new people that aligns more with who you are at the moment? Yeah. So again, doing seasonal work and kind of starting off, like, like I said, with the group trips, you know, and you were kind of agreeing that it, it is a solo trip with seasonal work. It's like that extra step, but it's not necessarily completely solo. So I've done trips where I've been by myself for 10 days, you know, going to different national parks and things like that. But with seasonal work, it's like you're flying to a place where everybody else is doing the same thing that you're about to do. 
So it's a lot easier to make friends. And I still talk to everybody that I worked with, um, which is funny because we only like we literally met for three months. You know, we knew each other for three months and, and that was it. And I still talk to them, which is what I mean when I say like when you have friends that align with what you're doing and your experiences, you just connect on a deeper level and kind of like um, stay connected over time. But yeah, making friends through seasonal work was very, very easy because everybody lived together, everybody um, worked together, you know, and you just kind of found your group that you kind of fit into. And I think the same thing kind of happens with hostels and just like group living and co-living spaces. When I had done my solo trip completely by myself, that was my biggest, my biggest like fear. I feel hypocritical because whenever I introduce myself to people, I'm always like, I'm super social and outgoing and I love making connections and meeting people. But my biggest fear whenever I'm on solo trips or just doing anything by myself is making friends, (laughs) you know, and it always ends up working out. But it's like, I don't know, I feel like that's something that has like almost stopped me in the past of like, I'm just going to be by myself the whole time. But what I found is like just doing group activities, even just doing activities by yourself that you could potentially find somebody else. I remember I went to Sedona, Arizona, and I hiked up to this spot called Devil's Bridge, which is like a very big Instagrammable hike and spot in Sedona. And on my hike, you know, I was going by myself, it wasn't too bad of a hike, but I had actually met another solo female traveler on the hike. You know, she was like right behind me and she like complimented me on something. And then we just hiked up the rest together. Like we took pictures together and we like went back to her place after. I don't know. It was just like a very, you know, like right place, right time type of moment. But I think that those are the best moments because I know that if I had gone on that hike with a group of friends or if I hadn't gone by myself, I most likely wouldn't have met her because there would be no reason for us to kind of like connect like that. So yeah, I would say kind of just putting yourself out there and doing the experiences that you want to do, you'll most likely find someone that's either gone by themselves or just wants to be friends and make friends on these experiences. That's true. That's true. And you said something uh, very interesting that, uh, well, first, that when you go with a group, you don't really have that necessity to connect with other exactly. travelers. Yeah. And then also about your experience with your co-workers that you were living together, working together. I kind of think that the friends that you met while traveling, you just connect so much because, yes, you're spending so much time together. Second, you are living one of the best experiences of your life with them. Right. It's impossible not to connect right away. Exactly. Exactly. You both kind of have the same the same mindset going into it. Like, I feel like even listening to this podcast, you start to realize that everybody is thinking the same thing. You just don't realize it. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't do any work away during COVID, but I just started this podcast because I was like, I just want to connect with women. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And and right now you're in Chicago. And um, what is next for you, Sam? What's next for me? That's a great question. So my sister just had a baby. So I'll be going back home for a little while and, you know, just being with my family and, you know, spending time with the baby and seeing everybody because I've been here for around eight months so far. So yeah, so I'm very excited to kind of go back and visit family and just have like a refresher and like a break from the city for a little bit. And then after that, I mean... 
I don't really know. I, my goal is Hawaii for sure. Um, you know, that's been on my list kind of since the beginning of the year. It is a lot harder now because living in Chicago, it's very expensive and paying rent and just like necessities to live. I found that it's a lot harder to travel because in my head, I'm like, well, I'm already paying rent, so I can't spend, you know, that extra couple yeah. hundred dollars on a flight and then the whole trip. And and by the time you get back, you're paying rent again for the next month, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. I might do another work exchange just because one thing that I've learned is if you can save on housing or, you know, just accommodations, like you will save a ton of money. That's like one of my biggest expenses when I travel is places to stay. Even if I'm staying in like the cheapest places, if I'm going for, you know, a long period of time, it, it definitely adds up. So I'm looking into work exchange again, or even just seasonal work for the end of the year. Um, and then who knows, maybe I'm thinking about moving out of Chicago once our lease ends and traveling for a little bit and then, you know, figuring out where we want to settle down next. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I really hope that, you know, you make it happen and, um, and that you get to go to Chicago and definitely, and you're making travel a priority, so you will figure it out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I try for sure. <laughs> And Sam, for anyone listening to this episode that wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is Sam Evans Travel and my TikTok is Sam Evans Travel. And on there, I post obviously a lot of travel content, but just like lifestyle things and different places that I'm going and, and travel guides and things like that. And then I also have my own podcast called Lifestyle Redesigned Podcast, which Lou was actually on last week. So definitely check out that episode, but also any other episodes that you might be interested in. And the Instagram for that is Lifestyle Redesigned Podcast on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Sam, thank you so much for your time and for everything you shared with us. And I just really admire how mature you are for being 22. Oh my God, thank you. No, I, I really appreciate you having me. I love conversations like this. And, and honestly, I could talk about it forever. So definitely a part two soon. Of course. <laughs>